The following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. Let's go, baby! Are you ready for a break? Uh, yes. Are you ready for a break? Absolutely. Ready for a break? Yeah, and um, so much for that. It's time for The Break on DallasCowboys.com. We were on a break! With Nick Eatman, David Hellman, and Derek Eagleton. It is Thursday, August 24th, 2017, season 13, episode number 29. Welcome to another edition of The Break. We are live from the SWBC Mortgage Studios at the Star. Got a lot to talk about this morning. We'll start with a little bit of news, and then I have a new game I'm going to play with you guys that I'm going to roll out. It's called We Good Here? We'll talk about that in just a few minutes. Now, Hey, Jason Witten. I know. We'll talk about that in just a minute. Uh, get into that a little bit more. But before we get there, let's talk a little bit about practice yesterday. Cowboys had a lot of pr- players not out there practicing yesterday. Dave, I saw you wrote a little something about it. Uh, tell us who was out and if there was anybody that was uh, that, that fans should be concerned about that didn't practice. Who wasn't out, Derek? I did some quick math. 19, okay. 19 guys m- missed practice yesterday for one reason or another. That's 20% of the roster. Wow. Of the 90-man roster, which... I didn't do the math on what that would be for 53, but it's a lot of guys. Um, But it's really not nothing overly that should really jump off the page. I think the the big one is probably Charles Tapper. He missed. He suffered a neck injury on – I lost track of my days – on Monday. Yesterday was Tuesday? No, yesterday Yesterday was was Wednesday, Wednesday, so it would have been Tuesday. He hurt his neck on Tuesday. He missed practice Wednesday. Jason Garrett said the x-rays and stuff were negative, which is positive. Always a funny wording. Um, Garrett said, I mean, it, it's a day by day situation, so it's not something that they're willing to, you know, they're not ruling him out for days or weeks. It's just a matter of how quickly they can get that stiffness out of his neck. Um, other than that, a lot of veteran days, Orlando Skandrick, Des Bryant, Jason Witten, Sean Lee, um, Darren McFadden, all those guys that usually rest rested. You still got all your hammy problems in the secondary, but nothing new. Um, Speaking of those hammy problems, Got Nick, it. the uh, it was interesting yesterday. I thought that Coach Marinelli called it a bit of a dilemma uh, that those guys were missing as much time as they were. And he was talking about how, you know, it, it's they have to get used to this speed. He said, I think the quote was, the angles change quickly here in the NFL. And it's, it's kind of thinking about it from the standpoint of getting used to the ability to make those tackles and open field tackles because of the speed of the game. Were you a little bit surprised that he used that word dilemma because, you know, Jason tends to stay away from words like that. Yeah, but, I mean, but he's a real coach, you know, too. I mean, he, he, he I mean, but he's he's an old-time oh, okay, uh, old time coach that, you were, that I thought you were, too. I thought, yeah, I thought it was more somewhere. of a shot at, at yeah. Garrett. Oh, no, but, I okay. mean, Garrett, they have different agendas. I mean, Garrett. And they have Garrett, different ways of going about right, it. Right, right. And, I mean, it, Garrett knows it's a dilemma. It's a problem. He knows it is. I mean, he, he may not say it because he doesn't want – he doesn't want it to be like, you know, a headline that says that he thinks it's an issue, but it has to be because you've got guys that you are going to count on to make the team that aren't playing and they've never played before. So just like Coach Marinelli says, it's hard to, to you know, get them to figure out how to play football when they've never done it in the NFL. So, But they're going to make the team. And then meanwhile, you got guys like Duke Thomas and Marquez White that are playing and, and you know, they're starting and Leon McFadden's out there getting reps. And it's like, you know, you want these guys to, to play because they're going to be on the roster and they're not going to be ready when Odell Beckham and Brandon Marshall and whoever else comes to town. I don't care if they're future all pros. If Jordan Lewis, Cheeto Wouzier, and Xavier Woods don't get some reps between now and week one, I don't know how useful they're going to be. And they need them to be useful, right? I mean, well, yeah. I mean, I just listed off three of probably 10 defensive backs that they'll carry. I think all the three of those guys, I know two of them are making the team. I really feel confident that Xavier Woods will as well. So that's a third of your available secondary once the regular. One of those could be, I'm looking at, I'm thinking about like a guy like Xavier Woods could be an inactive though. He's a guy that, that I think could be. Yeah. If Jordan Lewis gets to the regular season without having gone through a practice, yeah. I think he would be an inactive too. Right. So, and that's your dilemma is that, you're you're not able to lean on guys that you need to be able to lean on. So. One good bit of news for the Cowboys yesterday: Justin Durant back at practice. Uh, he is. Uh, they just activated him. What was it last week off of pup? Um, and and then yesterday he's back at practice. Where is he playing right now? Um, and how much did he did he take part yesterday? I didn't really see a whole lot from him. Um, I'm sure he's probably playing on that little weak side. 
but I mean, he's he's a backup guy that I feel like they they signed because of Damian Wilson's uncertain future. So, I you know, it took him a lot longer than I thought it would take a veteran to get ready, but I think it's that, training. Camp. I think that's part of the plan for him. I mean, he could have he could have signed with anybody earlier, you know, or he could have signed with the Cowboys earlier. But I think his plan was to kind of do it as he as he did. And if you happen to miss training camp, you have to miss training camp. I don't know this off the top of my head, but I wouldn't be surprised if he winds up as one of those veteran day guys going into the season as well. Because his whole thing is oh, sorry, Amber. His whole thing has always been durability. So I don't mind that. He's when you say veteran day guys, but I mean, these, you know, Darren McFadden, Orlando Skinner. Yeah. These guys. I mean, these guys are sitting and resting and not going through the rigors of practice every day. And I bet I wouldn't be surprised if that continues during the season a little bit too. Just, I mean, you know what these guys can do. And I put Justin Durant on that list as well. I'm not saying he's a pro bowler, but he's an 11 year veteran. He's been here for two or three. I think he's played three seasons here. Yeah. You know what he can do. His big problem has always been that he doesn't ever finish the season. So do what you can to help him finish the season. For a guy like Tyron, I mean, they're going to have to just manage his. Right. I mean, that recurring back is something they're going to have to manage. Right? I actually, I got an answer for you. Uh, Steven Paya is the same thing with his knee. It's not so like a, to manage it's it. not a specific injury that he suffered. It's just a thing that he deals with. So that'll probably be something that you see during the season as well. All right. Okay, um, let's get into our game. Um, and I know, Amber, this is usually your area. We usually leave the games to you. But I thought we'd play this little game. Um, I call it We Good Here. And here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to throw out um, a player that the Cowboys had on their roster last year. And for whatever reason, whether he left in free agency or retired, um, I'll tell you that guy that left and then the guy that was brought in presumably to replace him. Uh, we, in some instances, we'll talk a little bit about the money. That's the difference. Uh, but at the end of the day, I want you guys to be able to tell me we good here. Is this a good move for the Cowboys? Does it seem like after five weeks of training camp, seem like the Cowboys good in this spot, or are they really, really going to miss the player that is no longer here? All right, we got it? Yeah. Everybody good? Okay. All right. Let's start first with our favorite, Ron Leary. Uh, he moved on to the Denver Broncos. He uh, received a four-year, $36 million contract. And $24 million of that is guaranteed. So he got paid some significant money. And I'm not quite sure the Cowboys could have matched that kind of offer with all the money they already have on their offensive line. Um, to replace him, we've seen Jonathan Cooper out there. We've seen Jazz Green out there. We've seen Byron Bell. I don't think Byron Bell, you can disagree, but I don't think he's probably going to end up in that spot. It's probably going to be one of those other two. And I would assume it's going to be Jonathan Cooper. All that being said, we good here at the at the uh, left guard position. Oh, no way. You're, you're horrible here compared to that. You have a great player who was, I think, one of the more underrated players on the team. Um, and he's, you know. Yeah, I, I really didn't realize how big, like how much he helped this offensive line until he left. Like I had no idea how good he was until he was gone. And now we're here struggling. I'm still like, we know Chaz Green, his whole deal with injuries and whether he's going to stay healthy or not, blah, blah, blah. But then Jonathan Cooper, he's been doing okay, but it's not definitely not the same as to when he was here. Yep. Can I talk out the both sides of my mouth a little bit? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we're not we all the time. We're not, how dare you? We're not good here, but what were they supposed to do? Like, I'm, I'm like, oh, they didn't do what you got to do to keep Ron Leary. That's not smart or feasible. I mean, I, I wouldn't have paid him that to stay here. That's not when. You consider the resources that are already on your offensive line and the other needs that you have. So, yeah, left guard is a little bit troublesome, but I, the alter what's the alternative? And so, you know, I'm not sitting here thinking the Cowboys screwed up. It's just that's the nature of the NFL. That's how the salary cap works. It basically prevents you from being strong at every position. So. I mean, you can argue that they made a, they made a mistake on this two years ago when they just – had to play Lyle Collins out of position thinking that he was better. And they, they benched Ron Leary early in the season after he got hurt um, and then just kept Collins there. Um, I, I think maybe, you know, if you would have played Leary there, you might have been able to do something differently contract-wise um, if they wanted to go that route. But, I mean, that's that's probably all you could, you could say. I mean, I think you can't pay everybody. They, some contracts have to run out. His did. Let's test the market. He tested it. He got a lot of money. I mean, 
what can he do really at that point other than playing him early and maybe having a little bit more foresight that he was much better but all hindsight is 2020 because when Lyle Collins signed here and everybody knew he was a top 15 talent I don't think you know maybe I'm misremembering but I don't think there were a lot of people who thought like Lyle didn't deserve to get a look over Ron Leary just by virtue of talent alone but I don't agree with what Amber said about. It. I don't really see it until you until he left because we saw it last year. Oh, he was when dominant when the year. offensive line were started getting those third downs. Now maybe Zeke had a big big part of that as yeah. well. I think the combination of that Leary in there, Zeke. So I think we we kind of saw it. But I think the difference, and I, I this is the area where I think Amber's right, is it became apparent. Like it was very easy to see when you see them in one on one drills. And last year you see Ronald Leary. And it was is there's a big difference between what Ronald Leary could do in those kinds of drills versus what you see from Cooper. Now I agree with you in the season. Yes, Ronald Leary was one. I thought he played extremely well. Some games he was the best offensive lineman. Yeah. I mean, and that's saying something with with that group. But I see what he's saying. But I, I will say this: I think you get five six weeks into this season. I have a suspicion this is not going to be a problem. And I've said this from the beginning: what he has at left tackle, what he has at center. Whoever is in there at left guard, because of what he has around him, I think he's good enough for this not to be a big problem for the Cowboys. Not only that, but you've set yourself up relatively nicely. I mean, maybe it's not ideal. They're not as good as they were there last year, but you've got two pretty solid options to choose from. I think one way or another, they'll be, man, it'll be okay. Right. And then... I, I wouldn't be surprised if they turn back to the draft to try to address this next year. Right. Well, so and it's not like you're in the wilderness where you don't have a guard like so many years before this. Right. What I was telling Nick the other day, um, you know, before we got to the draft, this was a, an area that I was not concerned about at all. And I only began getting concerned about it was when I heard someone over from that side Talk about how concerning talk they about were. The football side. Yeah, on the football side. Talk about how they were concerned about this position. And then until then, it's like, okay, well, crap. If they're concerned, then yeah. I'm concerned too now, you know? So I think, and people like on Twitter sending a lot of questions, you know, like, what's the deal with this offensive line? Like, let's stop talking about it. It's not a big deal, blah, blah, blah. But I thought the same thing, the same thing until... I hear that, and then and it turns it into something concerning. And you talking about Ronald Leary, you know, like you said, he was like an underrated player. That's what I'm referring to. You know, yeah. he 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 was great, but not many people talked about him. Yeah, and and I think that you know you, you've got some some people that think Jonathan Cooper is going to be really really good over there. So I, I think it's just all about opinion. Uh, and, and you're right. We'll see what happens when we get to the season. But I, I think the big issue with with Cooper or is it is Chaz Green or Byron Bell, whoever it is, stay away from the penalties. I mean, because that you know you get beat, you get a ten yard penalty, it holds you back, that pushes everybody back. That's if you problem. can just kind of hang in there and and you'll get help because you know Frederick will have his guy and Tyron will have his guy. You, you should be in good good position. Just don't hold. Don't hold when it's down there at the 14-yard line, first and 10, and now it's back at the 24, and now you're Dan Bailey, just get ready. All right, let's move on to the next position. It stays on the offensive line. Doug Free, uh, who had been the the perennial whipping boy around here when you talk to the, about the offensive line for the last several years, re- retired, um, and then Lyle Collins makes the move out. Nick, I heard you say a little earlier in your when we were talking about the guard position, you thought he maybe played out of position at guard, which makes me assume that you mean that he's a better tackle uh, you looking at what you've seen over these first five weeks of, of, of preseason and training camp? We good here at left at uh, right tackle? I think so. Yeah, I think I think you're you're going to be really good. Um, you're going to have to you have to go through it. I mean, he's relatively he's not a rookie at all, but he's a, he's a young right tackle that hasn't played it uh, in, since college. I think that he's I like the way he plays. He's going to get beat sometimes. But uh, he plays with a mean, nasty streak that I think Doug Free played with at times. I think Colombo played with. And so he'll get better and better. So, yeah, I think I think they'll be good. Amber? Oh, yeah, definitely good. <laughs> We're good here. Yeah. Um, no, my thoughts, you know, Doug Free, he, he was a good player. He was good. But I don't think the Cowboys are struggling without ha- not having him here. You know, he was a very – just one of those guys that you can just count on and he's going to be there and do his job. And But, I mean, aside from that, I think 
they're good. They're good here. In time, like I, I'd be surprised if he's dominant just right away, you know. And, and I think that's played out at training camp. Is you see flashes. I mean, he, he, we were watching together. He kicked Demarcus Lawrence's butt a lot yesterday. Yeah. But then he'll turn around and get just absolutely dosy doed a couple times in a row too. Like dosy doed. So in in time, like he's he has the potential to be dominant, and you see it. But I, he doesn't have the consistency yet, and he's never played right tackle before. So I don't think he's going to go out there and bulldoze everybody right away. But in time, I think they'll be good. I think one of his biggest strengths is his uh, weakness right now. Is that I think he is trying to to dominate everyone. He is trying to throw people to the ground. Sometimes I think when when that's his mindset to kind of get his hands on people, you know, and 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 get them down. Uh, that's where he can he can miss. He sometimes he does try to block with his hands and not his feet. And so I think that when he gets you know when he gets the paws on him, he it, he can knock him down. And, he, and we've seen it. We've seen good defensive tackles just get thrown around. But we've also seen, or I mean, good defensive ends. But we've also seen some good to average defensive end beat him with spin moves and things like that. So he's just got to work on technique. But I think I agree with Dave. With time, he'll be good. All right, let's talk about the safety position, Barry Church. Uh, he moves on to the Jacksonville Jaguars. Huh? It's a good one. It I, is a good one. He he actually uh, got a four-year, $26 million contract, $12 million guaranteed, so significant money uh, for safety. Um, Jeff Heath is going to be the guy that's going to be tapped to replace him as the second safety in this defense. They kind of move those safeties around, you know, a little bit. But all that being said, uh, do you think we're good here, safety position? Not yet. Go eventually Ar- we'll we'll go go ahead go ahead then. i'll say not yet no i haven't seen i haven't seen jeff heath to be better than by uh barry church i thought he would be i thought he he i mean i thought he would be a little bit further along but you know they've only played spot duty here in the preseason when they're trying to be really vanilla so uh it's it might be a tad early to evaluate him but he hasn't made really plays that that stand out can i qualify that just a little bit Put that in the context of the money that was paid to Barry Church. When you factor that in, do you think you'll get comparable play? Maybe not as good as Barry Church, but comparable play for a lot less money. Oh, yeah. I mean, if we're throwing money in there, I, yeah. Well, that's a part of it, right? I mean, sure. I you mean, only have so much money you can spend under the cap, right? Yeah, but I look at it like our, our, when when it's time to, to make the play, make the tackle, are you, are you going to be as good as what you were? So, yeah, if you're throwing in money – which is a is a, a factor there, but I mean, uh, I'll answer it this way. I don't think that that Jeff Heath is on Barry Church's level right now, and I think the Cowboys might miss that tackling. Okay, I'm I'm conflicted. I, I think before training camp, I argued with you, and I said Barry Church is an above average player. I didn't say great, but I he's you, about you were tinkering with. I was great. no, I was tinkering with. I said he's not a Pro Bowl caliber player, but he's right. pretty damn good. And I still believe that, but I Barry I don't think of Barry Church as like this playmaker. He's the steady, reliable guy. He's gonna make the tackle when the running back gets to the second or third level. He's gonna keep the eight yard gain from being a twenty five yard gain. He's not great in pass coverage, but he's usually not the reason why there's a forty yard touchdown. That's what I define as a solid guy, right? He's he's solid, and so. I don't think Jeff Heath is as good as Barry Church yet, but I also don't think that there's just this incredible presence lacking in the Cowboys secondary. I think Jeff Heath can probably do those things. Maybe he won't do them as well. You know, I don't, the safety position's not better than it was last year, but through what we've seen so far, I don't think it's significantly worse either. But the thing about Heath, though, and I think, Nick, you're the one that, that said this. I think I've heard you say this before. Um, he is a guy that can make some plays for you. He's made a few plays in his career. And so from that standpoint, if he can be as consistent a tackler as Barry Church, then maybe there's an opportunity for him to be better. I'm not saying he will be because, again, I'm, I wish they would have done a little bit more at the safety position personally. But if you want to just play devil's advocate here, you look at the fact that he can make some plays from time to time. If he can be a solid tackler, he could be as good as Barry Church, right? I'll put it this way. Yep. I think yes. the safety position is going to look a lot like it did last year. And if it does look better, it's going to be because Byron Jones makes the leap. It'll be him that raises the level of that position more so than Jeff. I, th- I mean, Jeff is fine. He's solid. But 
you know, if if there's a whole ton of crazy plays coming out of that area of the field, I think it'll be Byron more likely because he has looked really good at camp. We good here, Amber? I think so. I, I just don't see them being worse than last year. You know, I, I think either they're going to be similar or a little better. Um, I don't know what you guys think about Jeff Heath, though. Beginning of camp, there was a lot of hype about him, and now it's kind of started to die down. And I'm seeing a lot of questions from Twitter, people asking, like, what are your expectations on him moving forward this year? Well, I mean, I think he's going to – he'll be around the ball. You know, he, he'll, he'll make – he'll probably have more turnovers – uh, you know, fumble recoveries, interceptions than than Barry Church, but w- the way you could play Church and move him down in, into the box, I think, is a, is a little bit more of a valuable uh, player. We'll see if Heath can can become that guy, or they find it in a different way with maybe a different type of safety or linebacker. So, uh, you know, Kayvon Frazier kind of has that 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 body type a little bit like Church. Uh, we'll see if he has the instincts and all that. But. If you put Kayvon in 42, he I would, he would look just like Yeah, him. I think yeah. about that when I watch him play. Yep. So. All right, let's take our first break. When we come back, we do need to talk about guys like Brandon Carr, Terrell McClain, Morris Claiborne, and maybe even a little bit Lance, Lance Dunbar. We'll do that when we come right back. This is DallasCowboys.com radio. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credits start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Hey, Cowboys fans. Did you know that over the next few years, more than a million service members will transition from military to civilian life? Veterans face unique challenges when they get out of the military, and Bank of America and the Dallas Cowboys are teaming up to help with financial education, career opportunities, and support of military nonprofits and organizations locally in North Texas and across the country. We're proud to support our troops and are deeply grateful for the dedication and sacrifice of our service members and veterans. Bank of America, official bank of the Dallas Cowboys, invites you to join us in our efforts to get involved by tagging game day photos on social media using hashtag TroopThanks, that's hashtag TroopThanks, and by learning more about our commitment to veterans at bankofamerica.com slash military support. Together, we can thank our troops in ways that make a real difference. Copyright 2016, Bank of America Corporation. Bowling night with friends and you're hanging out together. You picked up a spare, but you're craving something better. A thirst froze deep inside, you don't know what to do. You crave a nice cold Dr. Pepper and a hero to save you. Craving Rider. You ride the wave of Dr. Pepper when you're craving Dr. Pepper. Craving Rider. When you crave a Dr. Pepper, nothing else will do. Pick up an ice cold 20 ounce bottle today. Dr. Pepper. I hear all this talk about what it takes to be a cowboy. Everyone's got their ideas, but I just say to myself, it's what's up top that matters. Sure, you need men with the muscle and heart to get her done, but if your scouts and coaches are listening out there, a word of advice. Pick the man with the most well-worn Stetson. That's the one most cut out to be a cowboy. Stetson hats are handmade right here in Texas and have been on cowboys' heads for over 150 years. The rest of you can visit stetson.com slash cowboy to find a retailer nearest you back to the break welcome back second segment of the break live from the swbc mortgage studios at the star we're playing a game today we're talking uh we good the name of the game is we good here we're talking about different players the cowboys let walk this offseason and the guys that have been brought in to replace them uh let's keep going down the list brandon carr is the next guy up uh, he went to the baltimore ravens got a four-year 23.5 million dollar deal four million of that being guaranteed Cowboys in turn signed Nolan Carroll from the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, they signed him to a three-year, ten million dollar deal, where three million of that is guaranteed. I thought initially, I thought when we had talked about this before, I thought there was a big discrepancy in their contracts because you look at the big number of the twenty-three point five million in in Brandon's contract, but when you look at the guarantees, it was really only a, a million dollar difference. I mean, if if Baltimore decided they want to part ways after this year, I don't know that they lose a whole lot of money on that deal. 
Um, all that being said, though, we've seen Nolan Carroll practice out here with this team for five weeks. We good here? Um, I don't think so. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. Not relative to what they they've had. I mean, you, you kind of knew what you're going to get with Brandon Carr, um, and I, I still don't know if you see that so much with Carroll. I I think they'll be comparable players, but give me Brandon Carr. I think's a little bit more physical. Maybe you lose some athletically, but he's a little bit more physical. Seems more reliable, and when it comes to the community, you got a guy that you know you know what you're going to have, and you have a guy that may be suspended. I was say, as it stands right now, we don't know for sure that Carroll will be available for all 16 games. Brian Carr has never missed a game ever, um, ever, ever start in his career. Never that matter. Start. Uh, I love Brian Carr. I might be biased. I know. I mean, he's he's. He's not a shutdown corner, but he was much more reliable over the last two years he was here than the first two or the first three. Um, I think he's a little bit better than Carroll. He's an upstanding locker room guy, like team leader. So, uh, no, it's, yeah, down. we're in downgrade right now. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah, I agree. I thought Carroll would be a little bit better, but after seeing him at camp, I'm honestly not feeling great about him. I my expectations were somewhat higher and he's not at this point he's not better than Brandon Carr to be honest he's not terrible either for that matter but I don't think he's as good as Carr but I'll, I'm gonna throw but he's not very constant either you know I'm gonna throw on my broadest impression real quick you wanted one of these young corners to come come out here and compete and try to take that job and it just just hasn't happened that's that's it I mean that's it I mean he was the draft is, is uh, after free agency, so you're going to kind of somewhat cover yourself, but then you're going to go and sign, uh, you know, draft other corners and hope that one of them can step up, just like just like David Barada said right there. Thanks. Uh, Which I, <laughs> but you could have gone Kevin King in the first round if you really wanted that guy because he was there. I think I said yesterday or earlier this week that just just because it didn't happen at training camp doesn't mean it can't happen though. Right. You know, I mean, if Jordan Lewis is really this stud cornerback, that will play itself out yeah. as the season goes along. You know what's funny? It's like all these people that would always talk crap about Brandon Carr, and now it's like, oh, we want him back, and now we miss him. Who That's knew? the way it normally yeah. goes, right? I, I don't. I would guess Cowboy fans, regardless of what we're saying, I don't know if Cowboy fans are ready to say that yet. It'll take actual touchdowns being scored in real games with carol running behind them yeah. and then doing the, yeah. the infamous hand clap yeah yeah Bingo. i'm getting some messages here that's what i'm, like, I'm seeing bring but back you know i will car. say this though I, I don't know i mean brandon Carr took took his lumps from time to time with fans but i think by the end of last year i think at least the, the listeners of this show and the way that they were calling in and that kind of thing i don't think they thought brandon was a problem i think they felt like brandon was a solid guy again it goes back to what we said about barry church He's a solid guy. I don't think I don't think anybody said Brandon was a pro bowler, yeah. but he is, he was a solid cornerback, and there was something to the ability to be healthy, to play every week, and to be a solid corner. And there was going to be, in his career here, I think what you could probably bet on was that there were going to be one or two games a year where you were like, oh, wow, that was bad for Brandon Carr. And most of the rest of those other games, you were going to be like, he did his job. like, And that's, that's kind of the well, player that he was. That's the nature of cornerback, though, is right. well, he spent – how he spent 17 weeks kind of building his credibility back up and then one play against Green Bay that decides the season is how people are going to remember him right. and I mean, I mean that's football that's life I'm not I mean especially cornerback you know not going to lose sleep for Brandon Carr about it but that's really that I mean I'd say the 80% of his performances were pretty good but the top two things on the list the top three things on the list will be Beckham Green Bay in the playoffs, and then the freaking Calvin Johnson game. Like, yeah. those are probably the three that jump out, even though they were three of his worst performances out of five years that were pretty solid overall. And by the way, those are some pretty good receivers, yeah. too. I, well, you pretty, know, pretty, pretty good receivers. I, it's the, I think right up there with quarterback, it's the hardest job in the NFL, yep. mentally and physically. All right, let's move on to the next position. Let's talk about Terrell McClain. He went to Washington, four-year, $21 million deal, $10.5 million guarantee. That's a pretty nice deal for a guy that, while he was with the Cowboys, really had issues more so staying healthy than anything else because when he was playing, he was usually a pretty good player for the Cowboys. Uh, the Cowboys replace him with what I think is probably the steal of this entire conversation. They get Stephen Pyre on a one-year deal, $2 million, 
and five hundred thousand guaranteed. We good here? We have one. We have to figure this out. Like which one of us has the man crush on Stephen Paya? Because like we've been fighting about. I, it all. Look, I've been. I've always since I first the first few practices after I saw him doing some of the things he was doing, I was like, they got themselves a player right there. I really like Stephen Paya. You liked him after the soccer. Uh, I did. Video. I did. I did like him after the soccer video. I mean, he that was he, pretty good. He probably ranked second or third among third. among the player among the players. <laughs> First among all linemen, yeah, yeah. The big the big fat boys. He he was pretty good, which means he's got pretty got good, good feet. Good yeah. feet. I never ever was a big fan of Terrell McLean because of the injuries, or just period. Just just uh yeah injuries number one. I mean I mean he's, he was pretty good and he kind of hurt everyone. Talk about how agile he was and all that, but you know I know Brian really liked him, but I I just I never really he never really did it for me. It was just like okay he's he's solid player, but. I never thought, you know, he didn't make a lot of plays, a lot of stats, which you're not going to from that position too often. But I just, you know, he was one of those guys, if you know, he left the free agency, okay, figure it out. And for right now, it seems like they sort of have. I don't think he'll be hurt down in Washington, and I just don't think he'll be a guy that you're like, man, we missed him. So, If Pai is as good as he's looked at training camp, I think this will be – steal for them I mean he looks disruptive and that's the big I think he looks like a guy who can get sacks which is what this team needs and he's playing at a bargain rate so I think that is a big coup for them good job I also think when all the suspensions are are over and if the injuries if if they can stay healthy at that position I think Demontre Moore uh, goes back to end you know obviously plays end you've got Mayo over there you've got Demarcus Lawrence and you've got Taco I, I could see a scenario where Tyrone Crawford does go back. If everyone's pretty healthy and Taco's doing his job and DeMontre Moore is getting some some reps, I could see Crawford playing more on the inside. I could see Irving playing some. Right, I was going to say, so where does Irving fit? Well, is- Irving just, you know, you just plug a guy that's six seven somewhere in there. He, he'll play. I mean, I'm just saying it's a good rotation, but I could see more guys going back to tackle if DeMontre Moore can can give you some, st- some things and Taco uh, also comes, along, comes yeah. on and, you know. I mean, there's there's kind of an odd man out when it's all said and done, like in the middle of the year. So mm-hmm. does someone get hurt? Do you just cut a veteran who? Let I mean, that's what we were talking back? about yesterday. Does Tapper end up being a guy that's oh yeah that, that's right there at that point where he could be cut because yeah, I'm you have a, you have a, a lot of guys once everybody's I'm healthy not even and not factoring in Tapper by week seven. I mean, he's out of the equation for me, whether he was cut now or an IR or whatever. I just I'm not even factoring him. I'm taking him out of the equation. I still think you've got more more players than you need if everyone comes back. I mean, Mayawa may not be completely safe, yeah. you know, throughout the whole year. Wow. I mean, just when you when you think about it, I mean, if it, when everyone comes back, I, you, you've, who you've got in the middle? You've got you've got Malik Collins, Paya, Cedric, Cedric Thornton. Uh, he's another one that you know. I mean, guys like that, you kind of just wonder, well, what, what are we gonna do? But if that's that's if Demontre Moore shows that he can be reliable and Taco as well. All right, let's move on. Morris Claiborne, uh, he went to the New York Jets on a one-year deal, five million dollars. Two million of that is guaranteed. And the Cowboys obviously are are elevating Anthony Brown, a guy that was is in his uh, second year as a Cowboy, um, and then obviously drafted Cheetah Bay Awuzie, drafted Jordan Lewis drafted Marquez White. They're looking for other options to be able to bring in to supplement that cornerback position. We good here. Based upon, again, Morris Claiborne being leaving and these guys kind of as a collective group coming in to be to, to kind of add that depth to the cornerback position, are we good here? Yes. You will not find a bigger cheerleader than I was for the way that Mo raised his game last year and how well he played and how reliable he was until right up until he got hurt, <laughs> right. which was the fifth year in a row that that's happened for him. And, you know, just tough. We, we went to LSU, love the guy, nice dude, better player than he got credit for, clearly did not live up to the number six. I mean, nobody could argue that ever. Clearly didn't live up to that. Couldn't stay healthy at some point. Just just cut your losses. And even I mean, we haven't seen Cheeto or Jordan Lewis in in a real game situation. And you know, Anthony Brown's only in year two, but I'm perfectly willing to just ride with what they might be over just going down that road again. And all of a sudden, you know, Mo's not playing in week nine for the fourth year in a row. 
Yep. No, I agree. I mean, I, I wish he was better. I wish, you know, you, you always rooted for him, uh, for everything that, that he, that he went through, uh, on and off the field. But he, at the end of the day, you had to just kind of, and you, and changes of scenery can work great both ways. I mean, I've got my eye on him with the jets. I don't, I mean, I couldn't tell you right now how he's doing up there, but I hope, you know, I hope he's great. I hope he goes to the pro bowl. That'd be awesome. But yeah. it's just at some point, what numbers he wearing over there. I don't even know. I I heard maybe he was gonna wear twenty one, but that they, they didn't let him or something. I honestly can't be twenty four, right? Then I can give him. I'm gonna look that up when I get off the air. I mean, I don't know if he's like is is Revis like number retired? Was he that great with the Jets? I mean, I mean, he's pretty damn great. No, he was. No, I'm not. I'm not 21. disputing it. I'm saying most twenty one. Was, was he that great yeah. where they would say, hey, nobody's wearing that number? I don't. Are you looking at the roster, Kent? Looking at a photo of him in a oh, Jets photo. jersey. I would consider that. I, say, I, I bet yeah. no one's in 24. You think he's that big for the Jets? People will tell you that Darrell Revis authored, like, statistically, like, one, two, three of the best cornerback seasons ever in the history of the game, especially in, like, in modern day. Yeah, I, I remember that one season where he faced all the best receivers and, and then, shut them all down. And then remember that it's the New York Jets, and other than Joe Namath, they don't have a lot to hang their yeah, hat on. Broadway up. Joe and then, in, yeah. Who uh, who's he's the best player in recent Jets history? I mean Wayne Corbett. What else you got? <laughs> Art Gastineau. How long ago was that? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I mean you weren't alive. I don't think. Eighty-five. I Darrell Revis has got to be the best Jets player in the last 10, 15 years. Yeah, so. probably. So. Anyway, so. all right. Welcome to Jets break. Yeah. All right. Let's uh let's let's move on. Let's go with the uh, the final name I wanted to throw out. Lance Dunbar. He moved on we're to good the here. <laughs> he went on. Ah, we're good here. He's on IR. Wait, wait. Let me paint. How's that a question? Bit. Well, it's the, the reason it's a question <laughs> is because last year you had Lance Dunbar, who was your third down back. He was a guy that was kind of your gadget guy. Uh, he could return some kicks. Like he had some different roles that he played for this team, and so now. He's gone, and the Cowboys are going to fill those roles. And again, I'm not saying that he was an all-world player, but it was a role that the Cowboys will will fill with, I it, guess, other players. At it this was point. a role that the Cowboys like forced into their game plan because they felt weird about how many running backs they had. Like it, in 2015, when he tore his knee up, he was actually kind of he was killing it. I mean, he was on pace for like a boatload of touches. He was he was a receiver. He was running it, and then they drafted Ezekiel Elliott, and it, Bye-bye. I mean, it just didn't make sense, and I never understood why. I mean, it felt so forced. And again, for the fifth time, I really like Lance. He was a great guy. Like, all these guys are all of <laughs> Kill these, him and then say I love him. All of these players were super nice dudes, but you spend a top five pick on a running back. It, I mean, it never made sense to me, and he's another guy who had a hard time staying healthy. I just read on my phone during the break that the, he's going to start the season on Pup for the Rams, so – Snake, snake bitten career for him. I wish, you know, I hope for the best I mean, for him, but there was no spot for him in this offense. You know, when, when you look at people, you know, players throughout their whole career, even like going back to high school and college, you know, you see certain guys and you go, yeah, I play football. You look at it and you go, like, really? Your, your first thought is, you play football? I mean, you're, you look small. And, and people think that guys that aren't that big are going to get hurt. Well, here's a case of a guy that, that, that does. I mean, they're not all Wes Welker and Cole Beasley and Danny Amendola. I mean, some short— Especially at the running back Yeah, position. some little guys kind of get hurt a lot. Just like, like the Kellen Moore you know, situation where you know, he's, he's a short guy. Well, he got hurt last year because a guy fell on his foot. I mean, that happens a lot, but when you're not that big and your hands aren't that big, you get knocked out of your hands. I mean, sometimes this game is meant for big players. Now, there are exceptions to the rule, and some of them are really, really good. We'll see if Ryan Switzer can be that guy. Right now, he's been banged up. So it doesn't work for everyone. And Lance Dunbar, to me, is one of those guys that if, if you – I mean, I'll, I'll never forget that play in a preseason game against Arizona probably 2013. Three, three years ago, yeah, four years ago. But it, one play just described his entire career. He caught the ball into the flat. Good receiver gets himself open. In space, he can fly 40 yards down the field. Then he gets hit, and he fumbled. And then he got hurt all in the same play. Wow. If you don't touch him, he's pretty good. If he gets hit, he might fumble, and he might get hurt or both. It's not good for a football player, right? Savage. I'm that just is. saying he, he was good when no one hit him. He would be sitting at his locker room 
<laughs> and I would be walking by. He's like, man, I'm so tired. <laughs> I'm like, from what? Like, <laughs> being in the hot tub? <laughs> like, I, what? No, and, and he was a great guy. But I Passion think, I mean, things... <laughs> You know what? I love that about the NFL, though. Like, Lance Dunbar's, like, one of the greatest players in the history of North Texas football. Like, he was mm -hmm. the man in college. And th that's the NFL, though. Everybody's great in the NFL. Yep, everybody's fast, everybody's big, everybody's strong. Yep. Well, not everybody's big, but most guys are big. It gets, gets to your point, right? Yeah. So I mean, you're not, you're not, you're not going to beat anybody just because you got more just – you got more athletic ability or you got more God-given talent. Like right. it's, it's just, everybody's that good. Right. Everybody. But at least same story with, uh, Morris Claver. And we were just talking about him differences when Morris was on the field, he was making big plays or yeah. plays that definitely helped the team here and there. I mean, he was, to me, he was a great player when he was on the field, Not certain really. occasions, certain occasions, but, I get, when I get, he did, I get your point. I mean, I'm the I'm the captain of the Mo cheerleading club, but he I I can't go great. I can say his thing. When he, when he made, I mean, it, I like his thing was you, you know look at look at the best cornerback to ever play, ever. Dion. Dion. What did Dion have other than great athletic ability? What did Dion have more than anybody in life? Swagger, swag, confidence. That's what Mo missed. I think, and, and and it it was hard for him, you know, because we was getting hurt, and then I think he he was he would get beat during a game, and he it was hard for him to recover. You say those corners are supposed to have bad memories, he didn't have a bad memory. He would kind of let those things kind of get with him, and so I, I I think confidence always was an issue with him, even though he says it wasn't. I think well, it was. I would argue he it seemed, and last year it seemed like he had it. He had confidence. Yeah, he did. John with Dez. He, I mean, the airplane thing. I love that. Yeah. I know, incomplete, but I called it the airplane. Whatever. But then he got hurt again, and that probably. Yeah, probably had yeah. an effect. I, honestly, I don't, I don't, I don't think I ever had a problem necessarily with the player that Morris Claiborne was. I don't think I ever was like, man, he's not good. Like, I don't. That was never even in even in games where he might have had some difficulties. To me, I racked that up to that's what cornerbacks do. There are going to be some games where you're not going to have the best game, and they're going they're going right. to catch some passes on you. I never thought of him as a, as a play anything but a good cornerback. I thought that he never could get just a sustained, which last year he did. He, a sustained period of time where he's playing and he's playing consistently and he's not hurt where he can really show you what he can do. And then last year, it, even at that, he could still only get through a little over half the season and, and we're I, back I, to I'll call that revisionist history a little bit. If you go back to like 2013, 24, I mean, maybe arguably his best moment as a Cowboy when he picked off Austin Davis to seal that win against the Rams. I mean, they picked on him all day. Right, and I, what I just say, I said there are going to be days at cornerback, there are going to be games where go you're just back not going to have a good 2013, game. 2013, 2014, yeah. whatever you want to call it, call it confidence, call it injuries, he was more of a liability. I mean, he consistently, where where you were not confident that he could cover his guy. And it really wasn't until, honestly, 2016, where I was like, he, he's cover he can cover people. He's not getting Okay, so when in that time period was he consistently healthy? I mean, that's that's kind of my point is – he was always seem, seemingly dealing with something from the standpoint of an injury concern or was completely out because he couldn't because he was hurt. I suppose that's fair. And so I, I don't think he ever got to a point where he really had a time period where he was healthy and he was able to really show what he could do for a consistent period of time until 2016, and that still wasn't enough to get him past the finish line. He could just get a little over half the season. All right, let's take our final break. We'll come back. Uh, we'll get some questions. Give us a call. The number is... Uh, 214-872-2102. Again, it's 214-872-2102. Or you can hit us on Twitter, at Cowboys Break. This is The Break. To work this big land, you need equipment with values rooted as deep in Texas soil as you are. Like John Deere compact tractors with a six-year powertrain warranty and big features that help you work less so you have more time to do what you love. John Deere was first in the Texas fields, and we're proud to be on the field as the official ag and turf equipment of the Dallas Cowboys. Find Texas-sized deals at myjohndeerdealer.com slash football. Terms, conditions, exclusions, and warranty limitations apply. See dealer for details. We, the entertainment-loving people, demand the best unlimited wireless plan ever from AT&T. What else do you want, a unicorn? 
Maybe. Only AT&T offers you unlimited data with HBO included and never pay overages. Get AT&T Unlimited Plus, our best wireless deal on unlimited data. Plus save $25 per month on DirecTV. It's entertainment your way. After 22 gigabytes of data usage, AT&T may slow speeds. Plan includes stream saver and videos will stream in standard definition unless you turn it off. $25 DirecTV savings requires AT&T Unlimited Plus. Credit start within three bills. Service prices subject to change. Other usage, speed, fees, charges, and restrictions apply. See att.com slash unlimited for details. Star Sports Tours is the only official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, offering exclusive game weekend travel packages with sideline access and photo ops with current players, alumni, and cheerleaders. That's not all, though. You'll get to talk X's and O's with Senior Director of Player Personnel, Will McClay, and of course with yours truly, me, Brian Broadus. You can trust the official fan travel partner of the Dallas Cowboys, and with us, you'll travel like a pro. Visit CowboysTravel.com to book your travel package today. Jack Black products are carefully formulated with the finest natural ingredients and proven high-performance skincare technology. You'll find these performance products in the locker room at the Ford Center and in the luxury suites at AT&T Stadium. Go to our website at getjackblack.com and check out all of our game-changing products, including Beard Lube, our award-winning shave cream, and Deep Dive Glycolic Facial Cleanser, a Men's Health Award winner. Again, that's getjackblack.com. Nothing complicated, nothing cosmetic, just superior skincare. Back to the break. Make the switch to Tommy John. Men's underwear that never rides up. I wear it. Wearing it today. Dave said he was wearing it. You today. Wow. We'll leave it right there. We're going, um, not going for the 100%? Nah, we'll just go for three okay. for three. It's good enough. All right. It's worth the hype, though, definitely. And it's backed with the best pair you'll ever wear, or it's free. Guarantee. Shop exclusive Cowboys underwear at TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys for 20% off your first order. TommyJohn.com forward slash Cowboys. Cowboys. Thank you. I knew that was coming. Thanks, Cowboys. Nick and Jerry. Good. It's the best underwear that feels like Commando. Okay. Yeah. It's a hell of a tagline. Should have sent that to him. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Let's move on. Let's get to some questions. You guys can call us. The number's 214. And please, everyone. 872 2102. Again, it is 214 872 2102. We can also take questions via Twitter. You can hit us at Cowboys Break. Let's start with a phone call from TC in DC. TC, what up? Gents, lady, how are you all doing? Good, how are you? Hi. Doing well. Uh, I don't know if you all covered this at uh, the beginning of the show, so I apologize, but I was just watching on Twitter as it pertains to the comments made about Des Bryant and Blaze Pizza and him leaving some great tip and the you know the, the server saying that she was not a Cowboy fan. He said, well, he wasn't going to go there anymore. And how this turned into some big political statement of, well, he'll boycott a pizza place over the national anthem. This is getting old, guys. Like this is getting really old. Where we're losing the essence of what it, it football is. It's fun, right? I mean, there's a time and place for all these things. But when something as small as leaving a tip and and ingesting, I'm not going to go to a restaurant anymore because I'm clearly with men in jest, turns into a political statement or a comparison between what's going on with Colin Kaepernick and establishment where you're having fun as it pertains to someone not being a fan. We're getting way out of bounds now. And so I just wanted you guys to comment on it because now more than ever, I'm starting to understand why some of these athletes remain quiet as it pertains to certain issues because they're getting ridiculed for something as stupid as where they're going to have pizza. So why would I take such a a political stance on certain things, knowing that the ridicule is in some cases going to outweigh um, the good that comes out of it? I just wanted you guys to comment on that. All right. Thanks for the call. Yeah. Did you all see this this morning? I did not see it. So – Dez had a little back and forth at a Blaze Blaze. I'd heard about that, yes. So he's like, I'm not going to eat at that Blaze Pizza anymore. Didn't even say he wouldn't eat Blaze Pizza anymore, just not at that level. And I thought it was kind of tongue-in-cheek. It was very tongue-in-cheek. It was a joke. Uh, And then some I don't know. He had those laughing emojis. Right. One of the one a, a blog, I don't like a, you know, what I don't even remember what it's called. It's it wasn't PFT, but you know, one of those types of things it was like Des Bryant is boy boycotting a pizza chain because of the, and then it turned into this whole thing. And then I saw Jamel Hill for sure. I don't know if anybody else picked up on it, but she was like, "Oh, so you'll boycott where you eat pizza, but you're not going to take a stand for, you know, civil rights or whatever because of what Des said about the national anthem a week ago." Uh, and my my response, you know, he was asking us to comment on it is. You know, nobody loves Twitter more than I do. I live on my phone. I absolutely love it. I love engaging with fans and getting the news and feeling connected. 
Twitter is ridiculous and stupid, and it is an echo chamber where people get lost in. You know, it, it's amazing when you take a step back and realize like how different the real world is when you're not just consistently plugged into refreshing your tweets every 35 seconds and add in that ridiculously addictive information overload with the Dallas Cowboys, which we all know is one of the most visible brands in the world. Cowboys players get clicks, Cowboys stories do good traffic and these types of things happen. And yeah, I think the caller is absolutely right. I totally understand why athletes, especially athletes like Des Bryant. I mean, if I was Des, I'd be like, screw this is, is having fun on Twitter worth the headache that, you know, I don't even know what I can and can't say without it turning into a national story. Um, so yeah, I absolutely get it. Although, and, but I would argue for people like us and probably people like a lot of our callers, I think our perception is skewed because we spend so much time dealing with this that, you know, I don't even think that permeates out fully into the culture the way that people think it does, you know, and, and that Des probably thinks it does like Des is probably frustrated. I doubt 85% of people even realize that that's a story because 85% of people have better stuff to do than constantly be reading Twitter. Um, so it's stupid and overblown 95% of the time. And my advice to Des and any fan that's annoyed by it is just pay less attention to it. That just makes me really upset. Like, I th- like you said, I agree with you. It's so dumb. And then when you sit back and look at everything else that's going on around the world and outside of football, what are you doing? Like, why would you make something like this such a big deal and throw back a desk? And it's it's just dumb. It's dumb. Find something else better to do than kind of make something small as that, which was completely a joke, and turn it into a big deal. Especially when he tipped someone $75. I mean, that's a pretty good tip. Yeah. That's why a great you, tip. I mean, that's kind of part of the, the issue here is that it's just – there is when you're a professional athlete, and certainly when you're a professional athlete, um, and I, I don't want this to sound too egotistical for the Cowboys, but when you're a professional athlete that plays for the Dallas Cowboys, it's different. It is different. Everything yeah. you say, everything you do, has takes on a whole different level of scrutiny because people pay attention to the Cowboys. But these and players get like this because even when they do something good, when right. they do something nice, it's still somehow someone finds right. a way to flip it around and turn it into something negative. Right. Well, and that's why they become like this with the media and all of us and social media. And so I would argue, I would argue, and, and I, I think there's something to be said for that, but in this day and age, it, it's, the, our industry is in, tr- in trouble. You know, I mean, the media industry. Yeah, sorry generate traffic i don't think there's like this agenda like oh how can we how can we put des in hot water over this it's des bryant is on that short list of names that's going to generate traffic no matter what he does and to be fair when des does something like go to walmart at 2 a.m and buy playstations for a bunch of people that goes viral too i mean whatever he people are when his name's involved people gravitate toward that name and then the pro- and when you put it out on Twitter, the problem is you're exposing it to 10 million different viewpoints and ideas, whether they're fair or based in rational logic or not, they're out there. And then all it takes is Des to see that, and then he reacts to it. And then it becomes a whole nother thing, and it folds in on itself. And it happens time and time again. I would certainly get frustrated by it if I were a player. I completely understand it. Right. Um, but that's just the nature of the game, really. And that's in, you know, on a much smaller scale, obviously. I'm not Des Bryant, but I mean, we we de- we see some of that. You know, right. stuff we say on this show can get aggregated by a blog or, you know, people can call us nasty names on Twitter or some message board or whatever. And in my it, it can be difficult, but just tune that stuff out, man. I mean, it's it's not even worth your time. Yeah, and if you're going to play in that world, you have to accept that that's a part of that world. Right? And and f- fans, for that matter, too, like, I, my biggest pet peeve with fans, no offense to anybody listening, is, like, do you see what Stephen A. Smith said about the Cowboys today? I hate that guy. Blah, blah, blah. Turn it off. Well, this guy just did it. This guy, the guy that just called. 
the guy, I mean, I, hey, one of our best fans and one of our, our most loyal listeners, but uh, honestly, don't call up here and say that you're upset with something and think it's stupid and all that, but then but then yeah, ask comment. about it, comment about yeah, it, and now great, we're, we're, I mean, we've been talking about it. I just read what the what you just caught up what, on what it. the girl said, yeah. I mean, Jamil Hill or whatever. That's a problem. I mean, she said she what she wrote was you won't take a stand. You know, she said you'll take a stand on that, but you won't take a stand. Dot dot dot. Never mind. And then to come back later and say I was just joking. There are ways to show on Twitter and text messages that you're joking. Yeah. You didn't do that until there was a backlash a little bit until right. he's fired back and you're like I'm joking. Then she says there's a there's a truth in every joke though. What are you saying? I don't know. I just I and feel that, like she kind of instigated it a little bit more. And the the national anthem. I mean, the national anthem thing is a conversation worth having and a serious issue, in my opinion. And if you know, Dez can decide what he wants to say about it or what he wants to do about it, and that's fine. But like, don't don't force that conversation on him through some Twitter BS, in my opinion. And it's it's too it's too real and serious of an issue to be flippant about it. And, and, and go ahead. And I'll say this, and I'm not going to speak for a lot of people, but I know this. You can stand for the national anthem, put your right hand or on, across your heart, and because you feel strongly about the country you live in and the rights that you have, that doesn't mean that you don't disagree with what the president and, and, and things that are going on. Right. It's two different things. You don't. It's not just black and white, literally, to sure. just sit there and say, well, I, you're not standing, so then you, must, you must approve of what's going on. That's not true at all. And, you, I mean, Des Bryant has a boatload of money. You don't know who, what causes he's giving money to or what he's doing in, with his own life. And, I mean, neither do I, for that matter. I'm just saying it's, it's flippant and stupid. And going back to the earlier point, it, it's uh, try, take it from me it's it's pretty easy to tune out the stupid stuff that you don't want to see it's not worth getting worked up about from a fan's perspective in my opinion somebody has a stupid opinion turn it off ignore it come find a smart opinion like on cowboys break <laughs> i will say this too and we talked i had this conversation the other day not everybody should be a spokesperson um i know sometimes yeah. people try to paint they they want to say all athletes should be willing to use their platform guess what i don't want every athlete using sure. their platform to speak for me and the issues that I care about. Cause if they're not educated on them, if they aren't, um, if they aren't articulate enough in order to be able to really express what's going on and the problems that are going on and to be able to, to bring some, some light to it in a, in a way that's actually going to create change, then I prefer they just be quiet. Right. It's right. just like the same as in, in general society. I don't want everybody being the person that's stepping up and, and giving an, uh, an opinion about whatever that topic is. If you're educated, great. And if you want to do that, great. I don't think we should put make situations where we try to force athletes particularly to use the, the platform that they have in order to espouse whatever well, or talk about whatever the number one talk about. athlete probably of all time um, didn't, really, Ali? didn't really do that. No, I mean, I, I you can say Muhammad Ali was, but I, I don't, I don't. You think. must be talking about Michael Jordan. Well, I think, yeah. I mean, are you wearing Ali's? I'm actually, I'm, I'm wearing Jordans right now okay. for whatever that's. I, I, I think Michael. I mean, he's I, it, yeah, but you can say that about Jordan, but I, I, I know the other side, Muhammad, I know Muhammad Ali very much. I understand, I understand that. I think where we are right now, I, I think, I think Michael Jordan probably, uh, probably affected more people. Um, Maybe now. When you say affected, that's where I, I may differ well, a little okay, bit. Let, yeah, yeah. We don't need to have Yeah, we don't have that. Right. That's a whole different yeah, discussion. We could whole do an hour on Whether it's one, whether it's two, Michael, but Michael Jordan did it a different way. He, right. He didn't. And he had a right to do that. That's yeah. kind of my point is if you, don't, if you don't feel comfortable that you understand all the issues and that you have the right way to be able to talk about them, don't talk about yeah. them. And if you do, in the case of Muhammad Ali, and you feel passionate about it, Go talk about it, right? I don't have a problem with players one way or the other. If you choose it, that's the way you want to go, great. If you choose that's the way you don't want to go, that's also okay if you don't feel like you're educated enough or or ready enough to be able to have that discussion. Now the face of the fan franchise here for about 10 years didn't do that. Romo didn't do that. You know, R Romo didn't didn't go out and, and do things in the community as much as, as other as other players did. He had a, obviously had a platform to do it. It's just not what, what he chose to do. And he got ridiculed for for it he still probably does but that's kind of what he did it's not that he didn't do things in the community he didn't have the same kind of platforms and he didn't have the same kind of foundations and stuff like that as you see like jason witten brandon carr things like that scandered 
Yeah. But at the end of the day, it's I think it's every player's decision to right. make. Every player has the right to be able to decide what they choose to do or not choose to do. All right. We appreciate you guys joining us. We are back to uh, actually we're back on Monday. Tomorrow we'll have a joint show. Check the website for more information on that. We'll have a joint show between the shows tomorrow afternoon. Till then, for Nick Eatman, Amber Garcia, Dave Hellman, I'm Derek Eagleton. This has been The Break Live on DallasCowboys.com Radio. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!